This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I preview the Super Bowl. That means everything around the Super Bowl. We break down each team, who we think is going to win. We give our predictions, but ultimately, we also discuss what is your favorite Super Bowl food and also what you think is the best commercial of all time for the Super Bowl. As you know, there's many opinions. We talk about it. We also break down the big trades in the NBA, specifically the Kyrie Irving trade. And what does that mean for the Dallas Mavericks and the Brooklyn Nets? All that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. I'm Ben. That's Josh. And we are back. It is Super Bowl week, which means chaos is going to happen all over Kansas City and Philadelphia, because let's be honest, outside of there, do you really watch Super Bowl? I don't know. We will see what happens. We'll talk about like, you know, do we watch? We'll talk about what our favorite Super Bowl ad was, maybe some of our favorite things that we that come with the Super Bowl a little lighter on. But we don't like just to share what the whole show is going to be about. We like to add some other news, right, Josh? We like to add news. But before we get there, Josh, how was your weekend? Did you was there any snow? Was it raining? Was it like sunny? What was it like? What was your weekend like? It was just cold, honestly, dude. Nothing, uh, nothing outside of that really. Didn't really get around to watching it. Well, I watched some college basketball this weekend too, but uh, that's about it. Oh, just simple. I like it. Simple. Same for me, man. It's just been a simple weekend with long weekend here in uh, Hungary. By the way, we have a uh, ski breaks. Fun fact, which means students literally we give time off so they can go skiing. Never would happen in West Liberty because we. Don't really have ski places except Mad River Mountain. Um, but that's besides the point. We are going to move into a couple kind of breaking news things that have happened this um this week and in in the world of of sports, specifically basketball. Josh, what 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 happened? Uh, I think it was what two days ago now, uh for the uh, Kyrie Irving saga. And what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think this is the first uh, big blockbuster trade, if you will, of the NBA uh, season. And there may be some more coming. Russell Westbrook's name has been thrown around, I think, a Always couple up. times. But I think getting Kyrie out of Brooklyn has been a long time coming. Uh, just with uh, all the personal decisions he's made for himself, it never made sense for why Brooklyn was holding on to him or why he even wanted to stay in Brooklyn that long. So I think him being out of that organization, out of that team, just uh, – made sense a long time ago and now it's happening but dallas is a destination i don't really think makes a lot of sense just i'm never a fan of two uh ball dominant point guards in your backcourt and that's exactly what luka Doncic and kyrie irving are going to be we saw uh, russell westbrook and james harden kind of work in houston uh, a little while back but uh, then we saw Kyrie with James Harden, and we've seen LeBron with Russell Westbrook, and we've seen, I think, a couple other instances where it's just you you can't have two ball diamond guards in the same backcourt. And then when you take away those two guys, then it's like now they don't have Dinwiddie, they don't have Finney Smith, and there's not really any other bigs on their roster that are super scary. So Dallas is, is just going to be uh, running between these two guards that are going to dominate the ball most of the time, and I'm not sure how that's going to work out for them. Uh, for Brooklyn, though, uh, Speaking of other guys that might go, Kevin Durant trade rumors are heating up as well. So Brooklyn's future is going to be interesting, but I think that this keeps Brooklyn about the same. Honestly, I don't think it makes Dallas any better, though. Yeah, it's interesting for me. Uh, I, I, I'm interested to see what happens because the whole, like, I guess Irving, unless Irving can be Russell Westbrook that averages 14 assists a game, it's not going to work out, I think, because I just I don't I don't I don't see how that message meshes. And let's say, you know, Don just gets hurt or he gets in foul trouble. Now it's like you're putting all the pressure on Irving, kind of like he was early in his career in Cleveland when he struggled to be consistent because it's got to put all the pressure on him. And you look at you look at Brooklyn. I mean, they got some two good pieces plus a first round pick, you know, in twenty twenty nine. But I think I've what I've heard is they're also possibly going to keep Kevin Durant, build around him, use their picks that they can go get some guys. Um, But it's very interesting to me the thought process Mark Cuban and the front office have in Dallas. You know you're going to need more pieces than just Kyrie. Like the if they're both on and they both score, then yeah, they can win you some games. But where's that inside presence that's going to score inside? Where's that you know that three or a four that can stretch the floor? I don't know if they have that. And and 
I've looked at the NBA this year, and what it shows me is you have to be a pretty good defensive team, and you have to be able to stretch the floor. You know, the Cavaliers are doing that. The Celtics are doing that. The Nuggets do that very well. All these other teams, they don't just have a, a one guy. They have a few guys that can go in there. I look at the roster, and as as Josh post, posted on his personal Instagram, he posted uh, that picture of, like, it's not a threatening lineup. A lineup you, nobody's scared yeah, of. If you look at it, it's not. Like, if you just look at the names, you're like, that's 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 what they got. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. Um, and on, on the other side of that, you know, Kyrie's real main destination was L.A. to go to the Lakers. We also know that the Clippers were involved. We also know that the, I believe. I the think the Suns sent an offer as well. Yes, that Suns included Chris Paul. Chris Paul. So I think, I think Joseph's tie or sigh, he, he really didn't want to send him to where he wanted to go. And, you know, you look at that, even, even him going to, to LA and let's say Russell Westbrook got swapped. One, I think Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, that might've actually been pretty cool to see together. But you look at, Kyrie with LeBron, can they relish? Could they have relished what they had in Cleveland? I I doubt it because we don't know with Kyrie. He'd be going to California, which is another strict state on COVID and everything like that. And you have that whole thing you have to deal with. I think in general, this is a Kyrie. I think the rest of the season is Kyrie's test year. Is he going to be consistent? Is he going to show up? And is he going to play well? If he gets those three, then he can either get an extension with Dallas or he finds a place that he wants to go. At the end of the day, I think. It's going to be very, very interesting what happens. Yeah, if you ask me, dude, too, since you brought up Josiah, I think he's uh, making a great case for worst owner in NBA here pretty dude, soon. awful. Lost the James Harden trade with getting Ben Simmons. I think he's going to lose this trade. He's going to lose Kevin well, Durant here eventually, well, and this, it's just... This is the thing. I love watching New York teams, the big market teams it's that the great. media just wishes it. could be good. Like, that that team with Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant was supposed to be the NBA champions the next four seasons. They convinced us, and we were told by everybody on TV, the talking heads, and anytime it's the Knicks, it's the Bulls, it's the Lakers, the Clippers, any of the big market teams fail, I love it because the media just cries when they don't win. It's hilarious. I love it. Well, even even you think about the fact that uh, Kendrick Perkins posted something on Twitter and he said like something like like this is going to be like in like I think 10 years can be a 30 for 30 on the worst like deals of all time or whatever. And like, well, that's it's, it's even it. uh, not even just Josiah. It's it's Brooklyn as a whole. Remember when they made the trade for Paul Pierce? Yeah, and, it was uh, the Jason worst. Green, it was Kevin terrible. Garnett. I mean, the team was decent it made the playoffs but it, man it, it set them back all those picks that the boston got in exchange it it set brooklyn back it made boston way better in the long run and we're seeing i guess another terrible assembly and uh breakdown and possibly even more struggle for years to come and it's awesome dude well i love seeing it and you know it's also a struggle it seems like for the last couple of years has been the Los Angeles Lakers right now they're under 500. They're in the 13th place. They're only a few games out of the playoff spots, but still the 13th place. But LeBron James, who by the way, at age 38 or 39, whatever he is now, he's averaging 30 points a game, eight assists, eight rebounds. Quite stunning, to be honest with you. But he is closing in here. I believe it could happen either today as we're recording this, recording this on Monday. So it could happen today on Monday, or it could happen. Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever he plays next, he will be passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time leading scorer in, in NBA history. We've talked about it a little bit last week. Josh, in your in your sense, in your sense, what happens when LeBron does this? Does this change people's minds about is is he now the greatest? Is he you know is he now the greatest above MJ above Kareem or or do you think this doesn't really change anything other than the fact that it's just numbers? I think it's just numbers the, because the big thing in the uh, LeBron-Michael Jordan debate has never been about the numbers. That's what LeBron fans argue is that uh, yep. the numbers compared to the numbers that Jordan put up have been better. And this will just, I guess, reinforce or add another, I guess, uh, check mark to the LeBron side. But the the Jordan camp has always been adamant about 6-0. and So I think, too, that it's always going to be brought up that Jordan retired multiple times. There were prime years that he missed. And I mean, there is, a, I guess, to a degree, we'll never know. We can only assume. But I mean, if LeBron's the greatest or scores the most points all time, I think it at least cements him at number two player sure, of all yeah. time. 
like you there's not really an argument for like a Kobe or a, a Shaq or anybody yeah. like for second and just the longevity too like I, th- I think that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is a top three player of all time too mostly because of how just the high level that he played at for so long to get to that all-time and scoring level fun fact LeBron is at over 2,000 career three-point three-pointers made Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had one so imagine this man put up over 38,000 points in two-pointers and free throws. In two-pointers, yeah. That that's what's that's what makes me very hesitant to even go. I mean, it's impressive. And that's the thing. We're not taking anything anything away from LeBron. I want everyone to understand that. Like, but I've always had the issue, and I, I think I've said this to Josh. It's been even hard for me to even put LeBron and Michael in the same category because they're two different players. They're two totally different players, two totally different positions, two totally different eras. It's almost like why aren't we talking about Wilt as the greatest of all time? Why aren't we talking about Kareem? Like we, we don't hear those names as often. Um, and so I think for me, that's where I think um, just trying to like understand like who, who is the greatest. It just depends on, I think where you stand and who you believe your personal opinion. It's the personal opinion. I think what people need to realize, stop arguing about it, guys. It's your personal opinion. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Dude, I, every now and then, too, I just love watching The Last Dance, too. And I just I'm sitting there drinking the boomer juice and being like, oh, yeah, Michael Jordan is the best all time yeah. all over again. Like, it's such a good doc. So fun to watch. Uh, I don't think you can argue will to win, at least like outside of the greatest of all time to base. Like, did anybody want to win as bad as Michael Jordan? I don't think no. so. No, and I think, you know, and that's the thing is it, Whatever it is, I think that, you know, uh, we do got to say that LeBron is a top three, probably top two player of all time. Yeah. Like right now, I I think it, I think for a while I've thought it's been Michael one, LeBron two, and Kareem three. I think that's, uh, that's how it's going to stay for a while. Yeah. It's fair. I don't think that's not saying a lot. That's just, it's being fair. Right. So, those are three guys with an insane amount of rings and an insane amount of points and, yeah, insane. Well, I know Michael did play into his 40s. He doesn't have the total amount of years because of the retirement, but you could argue all three longevity too. Yeah, and I think with LeBron, I mean, you look at LeBron, like he won, what, three rings with three different franchises? I mean, that's pretty impressive too, taking three franchises and and getting rings. And again, I I don't know what LeBron's future is like, but it's going to be very interesting to see how much We do know that in the future he will be playing with Brownie. We just do not know which team. I and whether laugh. or not that team will win 12 games or 13 games. I will laugh by the way if it's like if it's like the like the Charlotte Hornets or like the the Sacramento Kings like right like some some team that you just can never see LeBron on some just, lousy go, oh. team. Yeah, what's what's go, the oh. what's the smallest market in the NBA would you say? It's probably got to be Mm, Indiana Pacers are up there as a small market. I would have to say, I would have to say uh, maybe Utah Jazz would be another one. Yeah. Um, The Charlotte Hornets, that's another one that I feel is very small market. Um. Who else is? I'm trying to think of them all off the top of my head. It's San, if I no, have like San Antonio could be, depending on how you look at San Antonio. Yeah, I mean, San Antonio, I think, is like one of the top eight largest cities in the United States. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But it feels small market. It um, does. Portland was, sounds like small market. Portland, too. yeah. Portland, um, Detroit. That's another one. That would be funny. Yeah. That one would be hilarious. I, I think the Jazz, though, is like the, the funniest uh, location or most random location. Yeah. That just one. Just because it's like Salt Lake City and it just yeah, doesn't that, seem like a place LeBron would want to be. I guess Memphis. Uh, Memphis, Tennessee is kind of big, but it's not super big. But Memphis could be one, too. Hmm. But anyways, that is a fun question for you all anyway, to answer in the yeah. comments. In the comments, answer where will below. LeBron and Brownie team yes. up in twenty twenty five? And and who is your goat? Who is your goat? That let us know in the comments. Let us know. DM us whatever you want to do. That would be very much appreciated. But moving on, Sir Josh, we're going to touch real quickly on 
two hires in the college football world, and then we're going to move to the game, the Super Bowl, because mm-hmm. it is Super Bowl week. So, Josh, let us know that news that happened with the old Alabama. Uh, yeah, both hires were by, <clears throat> excuse me, the same program, and they both are underwhelming, head-scratching, yes. interesting, I think. Very so, weird. first off, first off, we get the news at the end of the week that uh, Tommy Rees leaving yeah. uh, Notre Dame, headed to Weird. Alabama. Weird. And then yesterday, the news breaks that Kevin Steele from Miami, defensive coordinator, is heading to Alabama. It's actually, uh, that was actually Nick Saban's first defensive coordinator hire when he came to Alabama was Kevin Steele. So yeah. he stuck around for like as a linebacker's coach and other things. So now he's come full circle. And Tommy Reese, I don't think anybody really thinks no. super highly of him. I mean, he's a young guy. Uh, yeah. Been at Notre Dame for a little bit, coaching the quarterbacks and now the offensive coordinator. But Notre Dame's offenses have been pretty average. And I mean, Kevin Steele's already been at Alabama before. He was at Miami previously. So I guess – uh. Side note, Mario Cristobal is also going to have two coordinators I to know. hire now That's what I was thinking of. after firing Josh Gaddis, too, which we talked about in the last show. But yes, um, at least in my recent memory, Ben, Tommy Rees and Kevin Steele is the least sexy, least or I guess most underwhelming offensive slash defensive coordinator duo that he's had at Alabama. Would you agree? It sounds like two. It's definitely not the Steve Sarkeesian hire, the Lane Kiffin hire, <laughs> or Brian Dayball, or anything hot it like sounds that. Like it sounds like two guys that you meet at like the local diner that are there, like local farmers that just come in and like get some food, like Tommy Reese and Steele. Like the last name Steele just thinks of a farmer, right? Like I don't know. It's just weird. Like I. To me, like at least the the steel at least makes sense because he's been there. He, Saban knows how he coaches or whatever. But the Reese hire is just like there are so many other names that you could have flout money at that you could have just bribed basically to come coach with you at Alabama. And you there's, I mean, just one. let's just throw out some of the names that have moved around. We've seen Garrett Riley move. We, I think, uh, Kendall Browse was another hot name. Washington's offensive coordinator, whose name escapes me at the moment, was another hot name. The, the, on the gu- defensive side, too, uh, Jesse Minner, I think, was a hot name, but he's going to yeah. stay at Michigan, it looks like. Uh, Jim Leonard. Still yeah. currently a free agent. Uh, Scott Frost and Paul Christ, both on the offensive side of the ball, still available and unhired. It seemed like there was a lot of any old offense, any old offensive coordinator for the LSU when they won the national title that Brady that was with the Panthers. Joe Brady. Really, yeah, that was really another name that we were throwing around too. So Tommy Reese definitely wasn't the name that wasn't the name that I thought. Kevin Steele definitely wasn't the name that I thought. Uh, definitely not the hires that we're used to seeing Nick Saban make. He, where, I mean, Nick Saban's always been successful because he makes the, you know, the big name hires, the, the I guess, so Brian hires, important so hires. Asian, yes, yeah. the ones that work. But I've seen some other sports talk people say that uh, Alabama is bigger than who the offensive defensive coordinator is. Like the school is still going to recruit itself. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, those are the guys that are still calling the plays. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you can get the talent, but are they going to be able to continue to develop at the level Alabama's been at? It's, so from that standpoint, Ben, especially since uh, they're losing Will Anderson, uh, Bryce Young, and it seem at least at the moment, it doesn't look like they have many big-time names replacing them. It looks like Bama, if they ever were to be, I guess, taking a, a step year, back, yeah. it looks like it could be now. But then you look at like the 2023 class and how it's number one and one of the best classes Nick Saban's ever gotten. And then you're like, okay, well, maybe this is just a small blip in the radar and then they'll be, uh, you know, back on top here in a couple of years. But at least at the moment, um, these these hires don't really scare me. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't, these don't really, yeah, they're just not flashy. But, uh, but let me play devil's advocate, at least yeah. on Tommy Reese for one second here. Is the fact that Brian Kelly wanted to bring him to LSU and the fact that Nick Saban has been interested in him make you think maybe Notre Dame just hasn't had the offensive personnel and Tommy Reese is actually secretly a genius and has gotten way more out of that offense than what he should have. No, I, I, I feel like then he would have performed better against some of the teams that he should have performed better with. Like against Ohio State, I would think that he could put up more than seven points. Right. We saw what this defense with the high state defense was like at the end of the year. Like, I just I just think that there's uh, 
no matter like yeah, that game that game did trick a lot of people into thinking Ohio State had an elite defense. Didn't yeah, it? that's what I'm saying. And like if you if you're an elite play caller and you know what you're gonna do, you should have been able to carve a high stakes defense left and right. And I just I, I I think and maybe I'm being too harsh on it, but I just I I, I even they did the year, heat up I, at the end of the year. Yeah, but it uh, didn't. But it wasn't but, anything that was impressive. Like it wasn't like wow, like this is blowing me away. That's for me. What's like, what what do you see, and what does Nick Saban see? And you know, maybe we're just blind to it. Maybe he'll be the best player coach in all of football next year. Could be, but uh, at the end of the day, it's all about what Nick Saban wants. And so, you know what? I also want though, Josh, is to break down this freaking super bowl because it's going to be a heck of a game it's going to be fun but before we get in the super bowl josh i have a fun little question for you that also everyone below can answer what is your favorite super bowl commercial of all time go favorite of all time dude man that's a tough question to answer right now it's not Um, tough it's easy well i don't remember many but the doritos ones Always kind of stick out. The monkey one is it the monkey one? The Mountain Dew or is that Doritos? Monkey something baby or monkey monkey fucking baby monkey monkey something baby. Three things that don't go together. That yeah, but uh, I can't remember who made that. Was that a Doritos ad? I don't know. Monkey or a monkey bubble baby Super Bowl. What? Hold on. No, I don't think that was oh, the second puppy, one. Puppy Monkey Baby. Puppy Monkey puppy Baby. Monkey baby. Oh. <laughs> it's one of the greatest Super Bowl ads of all time. That is a good one. Man. Puppy Monkey Weird Baby. Weird one for puppy sure, Puppy Monkey yeah. Baby. <laughs> Man, of, I, I, don't, I don't remember any from last year. I yeah, because like, well, they've all got crapped over the last year. Yeah, I feel like they've gotten worse as the years have gone on. But, but like when I'll we were kids, with, there were so many good ones when we were kids. I'll just go with uh, Doritos as a company. I can't point I, to a single one, I would, but I always enjoy their ads. My favorite one was, uh, so God gave us a farmer, which was like a FFA combined with, I think, was it Ford? I think Ford was the one, but for me being a country kid, like that was like my favorite, like it, even though it wasn't funny or anything, it was just like the message that still, I remember watching it the next day in ag class, like just like w- what God gave us. And I feel like I wish we had more of those ads now instead of all these political ads, but just like, this is what, God created and and what the job is. And so that was for me a good one. So below, let us know your favorite Super Bowl ad of all time. We don't talk about the halftime show because they're all just garbage. Um so Who's performing this year. Oh, I don't know. And who cares? I, no one well, cares. You did the you did your yeah, due diligence on the ad. I'm gonna look up who's performing at this halftime show. I got last year's show I actually loved. I well, I'm not a big rap guy, so that just to me was it, like, ju- it just felt like they brought somebody that fit more of like what the NFL is than like these pop artists like Bruno Mars and <laughs> Katy Perry that are just like soft and don't really fit in with the sport. But soft, it's Rihanna. Soft. Oh, that just does not help at all. That's yeah. Just this make it this worse. is not going to be the best of ads either. Or not ads. Halftime shows. So this is probably one that. I won't really care yep. to watch. Same. That will be when I pull on the old Harry Potter video game. I think um, it's Rihanna. It probably is. There was a picture of her at least when I. Let me see who they actually got though. Sorry, listeners. You can uh, maybe skip ahead ten seconds. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah. Um, if you're watching, you can just read my Hungarian shirt and tell me what it says. Yeah, you it'll can. be Rihanna. Oh, All right, confirm Rihanna. Yeah, that's one that uh, I'll be playing video games during the halftime show. Yeah, um, big time downgrade, dude, from last year. But anyway, that's, moving on that's from the that. halftime show. Let's move on from the that's halftime the show. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk football, Josh. Let's first let's break down. You know each team. What we think are the X factors of each team, uh, and then we'll give a prediction uh, of who we think is going to win and why. How about that? Sound sure. good. So, if you're watching the podcast, hopefully you laughed at my outfit by now with the, the Chiefs hat and the Terrell Owens Eagles jersey. One of the best Super Bowl performances of all time by a player that I've seen to this day so far. But Ben. I think, yes. as my friend Sam asked me last week, the committee got it right. Yes. 
I believe so. Even though it was this scripted. is the two best teams in the league. None of these were like a fringe wild card team that got hot at the no. end of the year or a fraudulent one or two seed that had super easy schedule or got you know t- advantage of a lot of uh I guess took advantage of a lot of injuries or whatever. I've been seeing that narrative go around with the Eagles, but when you look at the fact they that they finished all, nine all, and yeah. one against winning teams this year and finished first in the most competitive division in football. You got to get out of town, man. Yeah. And any win in the NFL in general, regardless, is hard. Is hard to get. Like in college football, you aren't. You're beating teams by forty because you're supposed to. In the NFL, you're beating teams by seven because of how much of a grind it is. It would be like a college team having to play Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, USC, UCLA, Texas, Washington, Kansas State, like all in the same season because. All the talent is jam-packed into 32 teams instead of spread out across 130 FBS teams. It's just not the same. So NFL wins matter. But, Ben, looking through all the stats, I really think we got the two best teams in the league. Let me tell you some offensive categories here. These are all regular season stats, by the way. Total yards, Kansas City first, Philadelphia second. First downs, Kansas City first, Philadelphia second. Points, Kansas City first, Philadelphia second. Expected points contributed, Kansas City first, Philadelphia second. Pause for effect. And you, and you, what even makes it weirder? It's I got more numbers for you. This is what makes. Tell it me weird. some numbers. The Chiefs this year, sixteen and three record overall record. If you include playoffs, five hundred forty six points. If you include playoffs. Six All-Pros, including a Kelsey brother and their QB. AFC's number one seed. The Eagles this year, 16-3. and 446 points. Six All-Pros, including a Kelsey brother and their QB. NFC's number one seed. I'm just saying it gets weird. These numbers are like extremely close and extremely weird. And the fact that you have two brothers, by the way, that's never happened in NFL history to go against each other. And like, if you watch their podcast, they're loving. Did you watch this last Wednesday? Yes, they're loving every moment of it. Also, if you heard Jason Kelsey's wife is pregnant, might give birth like on the day of birth at the game, bringing her nurse with her. Like, can you imagine a Kelsey bowl with a Kelsey being born and one Kelsey going home with a win? It's just, you know. That family, but it, it is so fascinating. Nuts, this, the stories, the numbers, awesome. Josh, give me your take on the Eagles. Since you have an Eagles jersey on, I figure, and I'm wearing green. I figured we would start there. Yeah. So, uh, as I just told you, they're pretty much neck and neck on offense, but I think you start to see a bigger gap on the defensive side of the yeah, ball that really favors sure. Philly. So, some defensive stats. So, sacks, Philadelphia one. Kansas City is actually two. Um, pressure percentage. Philadelphia is second. Kansas City's fifth. Total points allowed. Philadelphia is third. Kansas City's fourth. First downs allowed. Philadelphia is 14th. Philly, or excuse me, Philly 14th, I believe. Kansas City 19th. Um, points allowed. Philadelphia is second. Kansas City 16th. Um, and missed tackles. So who's the better tackling team? It's actually Kansas City. Uh, seventh fewest missed tackles, Philly 20th. So I believe is how that, or maybe that's, I got to check this out because I can't remember if that's the seventh most or seventh fewest. I'm sorry, guys. We'll awkwardly wait. Well, Josh we will awkwardly that. wait. Um, but maybe. yeah, dude, bottom line, uh, I'll talk as I'm looking these up. You don't want me Philly to sing? Is that what has, it was? You don't Philly want has sing. the edge on defense. And I think um, even watching uh, the playoff games, yeah. like we've really been seeing the the defense from Philly, like against the Giants, what was it, 28 to nothing at halftime or yeah. something wild like that. And granted, Brock Purdy did get hurt against the 49ers, but they only allowed seven in that one. Uh, okay, so missed tackles. Okay, so Kansas City is seventh, as in seventh most. So Philly is the more superior tackling team. So that just plays into the Philly is the more superior defense narrative that I was going with. So 
it's it's looking interesting, man. Both teams have been looking really good. Pressing yeah. the quarterback, though, too. Uh, granted that uh, last week uh, the 49ers were putting a backup tight end on single coverage on Reddick, and the Bengals are who the Chiefs are playing, so anybody can get four sacks on the court, Joe Burrow, in that situation. But it doesn't matter because even when they haven't been playing those teams, they've been getting sacks all season long. So I look at these teams Ben and offenses basically cancel out although you could say Kansas City's slight edge because they're first in all those categories and Philadelphia second but if defenses win championships and offenses are basically equal should Philly have an edge in this Super Bowl Madden says so supposedly the Madden Madden did have Philly Philadelphia winning the playthrough and I'm excited I would I'm excited to see what uh Bryce our friend Bryce tells me that uh, his Madden playthroughs have been because they've been pretty close to what these final scores have been as well. I I, I think this, I think it's going to come down to, and we'll talk about our keys here for each team. But Philadelphia is a one and a half point favorite right now as we speak. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to specifically talk about my keys for Philly, and then we'll talk about the Chiefs here in a second. Sure. So my, my keys for Philly are simply this. keep J- Keep Jalen Hurts upright and keep him healthy. That is the one thing that I think I'm still completely unsure of is how healthy is Jalen Hurts and how much you're going to be able to run him because a, running the game is a big part. Him running is a big part of that game of their offense of getting him out of space, creating those RPOs that are making the defense think because when you don't have that, they're not thinking as much. Um, and I think the second thing is is like, can you balance your offense? You know, can you have an equal balance of passing and running? You know, you have Jason Kells. You have a very good offensive line. Use it. Don't just go half half in it. Go all the way. Um, and I think defensive wise, who's going to be the one that is on Kelsey and 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 how are you going to contain him? And what are you going to do with Mahomes? You know, Mahomes. We know when he gets outside of the pocket, he's very dangerous. Just the throws he makes, the the willingness of that. I think those are the three things, main things for me is containing him. You know, what are you going to do with Kelsey? Are you going to have a balance attack and keeping Hurts from getting hurt, pun intended? So um, those are my thoughts. What are your keys for the Eagles here uh, going into this game? He's for the Eagles. Uh, I'm kind of with you on uh, running the ball. That's been a, a big part of the offense so far, and Jalen Hurts has been included in that. Um, since a lot of these uh, – What was I saying? Oh, since a lot of uh, the stats, they're pretty neck and neck in. I think that uh, one thing that's going to be important for defenses is forcing turnovers here. And Kansas City's offense, at least last week, was kind of banged up. Missing three wide receivers. Patrick Mahomes coming off the high ankle sprain. Maybe that leads to Philly uh, being able to take advantage of, I guess, some of those uh, unfortunate circumstances. They're able to get uh, maybe an extra turnover there. So I'm going to go ahead and say pressure Patrick Mahomes, rough him up a little bit. It's been something that Philadelphia has been doing most of the season anyway is pressuring the quarterback, so that's going to play right into it. So that's I'm kind of with you. Run the football successfully. Pressure Patrick Mahomes. And then, I guess, all the other categories, you know, like convert your third downs, take care of the football yourself, those kind of things. Win the battle at the line of scrimmage. That also plays into being able to run the football. But those are those are my keys. Rough up Patrick Mahomes. Establish the run early. Very good, and I I think that is that is the very fascinating part. Um, just for the Eagles in general, can they do this? And and I think that will be the key for them. Now, Josh, what about the Chiefs? What, what we got? What do you got to say about the Chiefs? And uh, give me your keys for the Chiefs' uh, keys to victory. Yeah. So Chiefs' keys to victory are going to. Uh, I guess they kind of play into some of my Philly ones a little bit. Um, Getting to Jalen Hurts, I think, is going to be important for them, especially since I don't think they have the greatest of secondaries, at least compared to Phillies. They don't have uh, the best run-stopping defense. So where they do succeed defensively is pressuring the quarterback, and that's going to be, I think, much more important for them to do than it has been or than it will be for Philly, vice versa. Um, I think uh, if I remember from reading the stats right, Kansas City's offensive line has been one of the best in the league in terms of allowing sacks, but uh, 
Philadelphia's is actually a little bit lower on the edge or lower down in the rankings than what you'd expect, especially even having a more mobile quarterback. So maybe that's a potential mismatch that uh, the Chiefs can take advantage of is getting to Jalen Hurts. So kind of like the same, I guess, key for both sides is getting to the quarterback, mostly for different reasons. But uh, another key to victory for Kansas City is, I guess, spreading the ball out. You can bet that the Eagles are not going to allow Travis Kelsey to be the guy, the only guy that's beating them. I think that uh, they're going to much more so want Patrick Mahomes throwing to guys like Marquez or Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and uh, Sky Moore, and I guess whatever wide receivers on the team are still healthy, right? So. It's just going to be, I guess, uh, spreading the ball out successfully for Kansas City, getting Jalen Hurts. That's going to be my keys. Yeah, I think for me, it's uh, twofold here. I think one is one key that I think should happen this week is how healthy are you? How healthy is Kansas City? How healthy is we were? We were worried about Travis Kelsey's back the week before, or. I guess, and turns out it wasn't even an issue. He comes out and has a couple, I think, scores and about 80 yards receiving. So yeah. he's not the case. He's not so much the worry this time. Now it's uh, the quarterback and basically the whole wide receiver group. Yeah, like like how healthy are you on the defense side of the ball and the offense side of the ball? Um, I think the big, the key for me on offense outside of being healthy is can you can't again the same thing I said with the Eagles. Can you balance for Mahomes? Can you run the ball? If you're the Chiefs, can you run the ball to give Mahomes more of an opportunity for that play action for the plays that he likes to run? I just feel sometimes the Chiefs get away a little bit from the run and they focus on Mahomes, which is I mean he's the best quarterback in football right now. I get that. I guess my thing is is will you be willing to run the ball and can it be effective? Because I think if it's effective, it's going to kind of bring people bring defenders down in the box it's going to force them to make a decision do we blitz do we fill out the box and then that makes it easy for Mahomes to be you know picking and popping and I think the other thing is how healthy is Mahomes's foot if he's healthy if he's able to play then I think that opens up a lot of things for rollouts for scrambles if he needs to to make throws on the run if it's not then that can be a concern but I think yeah. the big thing that's the big thing for me is can can they run the ball? Can they create that extra almost extra layer of protection for Mahomes in the sense of being able to have that as a as a blanket? And then the other thing for the offense is can you protect Mahomes from getting hit, taking rough hits, and and being able to execute the pass game? For me, that's on the offensive side of the ball. The one thing I have on the defense is simply this. You know, yeah, I agree with you about getting him after Hurts. It's simply this though. Keep everything in front of you. I think what's going to hurt the Chiefs, Chiefs, and it's hurt them against the Browns in the past in the playoffs and a couple other teams is like when they get guys be- behind them or broken tackles or whatever. I think the biggest thing is keep everyone in front of you and can you get enough pressure? Can you force Hurts to to beat you? Right? Can you can you force him to beat you? Not the whole team, but force him to make a decision to beat you. Those are my keys. I think you do those things. I think the Chiefs have a very good shot of winning the game. Yeah, I got to agree with you, dude. Um, man, dude. It's tough to say that you want to make Jalen Hurts beat you, too, because he's been a guy, and I've, I'm sure you've seen all the storylines, too, yeah. that of how he has stepped up in big moments. Even being a freshman in Alabama, being an experience, like he's, he's always, I guess, he's a guy that's built for these moments. But yeah. on the flip side, Patrick Mahomes, this is his – third Super Bowl in four years that he's playing in. So I think experience matters a little bit in this game too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at look at the quarterbacks that Patrick Mahomes has gone up against in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the first one they won was against Jimmy G. Uh, I think those were both first-time uh, quarterbacks in the Super Bowl at that time. Then he goes against Tom Brady, uh, who has obviously way more experience than Pat Mahomes did. And now he's coming into a situation where – He's like, I guess, the vet that's like been in this game before. And Jalen Hurts is the new kid on the block. So I wonder how much, uh, I guess, the moment's going to affect both quarterbacks. Because like I said, I know the Super Bowl is different, but it's not like Jalen Hurts is a stranger to big-time games. No, I I, I agree with you. I think it's... I think it's just it's it's just gonna be a tight game, and I think it comes down to the little things, the little minute things. Yeah, I I know I know that uh, 
at least as the weeks have gone on, I'm definitely rooting for the Eagles in this one. I don't know if I just that's. Don't care. I, <laughs> I don't know if me wanting the Eagles to win is enough for them to win the game. I, we I know you. We know your rate on this, by the way. We know every time you pick a team, they always end up losing. No, no, no. Every time I bet on a team, they always that's, lose. Okay. So well. if I want the Eagles to win, that means I have to bet on a Kansas City victory, right? And since they're the underdog right now in Vegas, that means that if Kansas City was to win, it would get me plus money. So. Should I use my powers, Ben, to affect the Super Bowl? Maybe even disrupt the script. It's not scripted, Josh, for the 30th time. It's not scripted, Josh. Have you seen all these players coming out about how they've just been following the script, Ben? We know it's real. Of course, yeah. Of course it's real. Just like everything in life. Alvin Kamara almost stormed out of the out of the team facility after he read the season script, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally buying that. Uh, but anyways, we are going to break down now our predictions. Josh, do you want to go first in your prediction? Who do you think is going to win and why are they going to win? And what is it going to come down to? Those are your three things. Man, dude, I at least right now, I feel like Philadelphia is the healthier team, the more balanced offensively and defensively. Um The better running team, like these are all things that tend to matter in the bigger games. Uh, at least on the Kansas City side, you can you're looking at I guess a uh, a weaker defense uh, that's susceptible to explosive plays. You're looking at a quarterback that, while is super experienced, as I just said, might be dealing with a little bit of injuries as well as a lot of I guess 50-50 wide receivers. I don't know what the injury report is going to reveal, but he's going to be missing yeah. some of those guys. At least right now, I really like Philadelphia to win this game, and okay. I don't like them to win by a ton. I uh, I think the one and a half spread is pretty accurate. I think this could come could come down to like either a maybe a Kansas City failing to get in field goal range to kick a game winning field goal, or maybe Philadelphia is the team that's kicking the game winning field goal. But I don't feel like it's going to be a super high scoring game either. What's your I score think- prediction though? What's your score prediction? Score prediction. Josh always tries to get out of this. He never likes to give an actual score prediction. I like saying how much a team will win by because that's a lot I easier to say. I want a score prediction, say. Josh. But score prediction, Ben, is going to be Philadelphia winning 23 to 21. Ooh. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I'm going to say... This is what I'm going to say, Josh. Well, let me let me just, I guess, explain yes, why I think please. it's going to be lower yes, scoring. Please. Out at out at Burrowhead Stadium a couple of weeks ago, we had the two highest scoring off or two of the highest scoring offenses in the country, dude. Yeah. With Cincinnati and Kansas City, and that game was twenty to seventeen. Final score was it? Yeah, I think it was something like something that, very yeah. low like that, and. It's it's kind of been the case even with uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo, twenty seven to ten, not as high scoring as what most people would have thought. Although, major blowout win for Cincinnati in that game, so I don't think anybody's scoring in the thirties. I think that trend is going to continue here. Interesting. Well, I know that Bryce, if he was here with us, he would be choosing the Eagles. Obviously, if he didn't, then I would. There's something wrong in the world. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go out and say I think the Chiefs are going to win. I believe even with Mahomes being somewhat limited maybe he's not going to be i don't know but um uh, just something about this chiefs team it seems like they always find a way and so i'm going to go chiefs but i'm going to be right with you josh i don't think this is a big gap i think it's going to be i think chiefs 27 i think eagles 20 um i think that's just i i think it's going to be in that range like i i don't think it's going to be more than that, but I can see it being less than that. So I, I think it's going to be a seven points is the most. I think the Chiefs win based on the fact that I feel like Hertz is not going to get it. I think the offense of the Eagles is going to struggle at times um, being consistent. Um, and I think Mahomes is going to make some of those Mahomes plays and some of those throws to either Travis Kelsey or to uh, Smith-Schuster, whoever's healthy uh, on the outside. Um, yeah, but I, I just think, again, I just look at this D- team. Yeah, they might not have the better defense. Their offense is about the same as the Eagles. It's just hard to go against Patrick Mahomes. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a 27-20 victory for the Chiefs. I'm sorry, Bryce. Don't kill me. Um, and uh, that's what we'll go with. By the way, too, if Patrick Mahomes wins, that is his second Super Bowl. And at least in NFL history, that puts him 
in a nine-way tie for the fifth most in quarterback with quarterbacks. And he's only like twenty-three or something like that. Or no, Tom Brady at the top with seven. Terry Bradshaw and Joe Montana each with four. Troy Aikman with three. And then John Elway, Bob Greasy, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Jim Plunkett, Ben Roethlisberger, Bart Starr, and Roger Stallback all with two right now. Fascinating, but that will happen, Josh. Patrick Mahomes has a chance in this game to put himself at least amongst the NFL's all-time greats. At so, what do you age. think of my what do you think of my score prediction, Josh? Your score prediction? Can you tell it to me again? Twenty-seven twenty. I believe it can be no more than seven points, but I f- feel like it will be could be less. But I just feel like at the end. Mahomes just that little more experience might just give him the edge over uh, Hertz and leading that offense. Yeah, it very well could be that. I'm with you on the fact that both teams are probably scoring in the 20s in this one. And I mean, quarterback experience is plenty of reason. I just think that Mahomes has a lot of other things working against him. So if he is able to win this game, I mean, that's that's kind of like your uh, your Michael Jordan moment. Yeah. And I, and we, I saw, we saw him come back against uh, the 49ers when he initially won the Super Bowl. He had a couple picks in that game and put his team in a bad spot. And then maybe more so based on Kyle Shanahan's history, he blew the fourth quarter lead. But Patrick Mahomes also had to fight to come back into that one. And I mean, he's going to maybe be an even worse of a situation, at least on the outside looking in on this one. But We'll see what happens, Ben. I'm 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 excited for this matchup. I like I told you, I think this is the two best teams in the NFL clashing in the Super Bowl. No, no fringe wildcard team on a hot streak or fraudulent one or two C getting an easy path in on this one. I think this is the best of the best, and it's gonna be a heck of a game. All I gotta say is uh, what I do know is, is that it's gonna be a win for the Kelsey family. One of the Kelsey brothers will be going home with another ring and possibly there could be a chance that Jason Kelsey comes home with also a a daughter or son. I don't know which because I don't know those information, but supposedly his wife is going to be 38 weeks pregnant, bringing her nurse with her and there could be a baby born on the Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be a way if you won the Super Bowl and became a, a dad again all in the same night? I'm just saying it'd be pretty impressive. It would be. Also, you guys are going to have to definitely check out the new Heights episode coming out it Wednesday. That's the last one that's dropping before uh, before the Super Bowl. And they were talking about getting their parents on. Uh, that'd be that'd be wild, I guess. They're, they're the, great. They're the parent experience of watching your sons. Like, whose sideline do you sit on? And exactly. The I guess who are you is, happy though, for? Like, are you happy when the game's over, or are you like sad at when the yeah. game's over? It it's fascinating with me because that that podcast like i just started like barely listening to it. i'm like this is a great podcast like two brothers who just don't care about dish out truth and it is awesome it's much worth it's called a, i believe it's called um new heights. In the heights yeah new heights new heights new heights uh, straight up yeah that they're, one uh they're from cleveland with the boys by the yeah, way if you ever know there's some from good cleveland. podcast right now they're from cleveland if you didn't know um so they're they're from the cleveland area they were Browns fans at one point. Cleveland Heights native, Cincinnati Bearcat alum. They are all about Ohio, dude. If you look at their um, TikTok, they have a we still photo. talk about Ohio on the show. They have a photo of them in Browns jerseys. It said, look before where we were. And then it says, look where we are. And they're obviously not in Browns jerseys because no Browns winning the Super Bowl anytime soon. That'd be really cool if they were. It would be man. awesome. I would take it. But um, ultimately, that is just that is what's going to happen this week. There's going to be a lot of obviously commercials could be terrible, could be good. But again, below, enter your what you think of um, what you think of the the commercials. What was your favorite commercial of all time? What you think of you know halftime shows? What you think of different things? Our predictions. Give anything you want in the comments. Drop it below. Let us know. That's what we love to hear from you all. Um, which it makes more fun for us. So. Uh, Bryce, uh, Bryce, wow, Bryce is not here. Josh, is there anything else you want to add? I, I was just trying to make Bryce feel like he was here. Josh, is there anything yeah. else you want to add before the end of the show? Just that uh, the Browns did have a chance to get both Kelsey brothers since Jason was a sixth rounder and Travis was a third rounder. So there was we a were, chance. We were we were close. We were close. That was all he wanted to add by the end of the way in the show. But anyways, we want to just say thank you guys so much for the continued support. This, I believe this is episode seventy seven which is just, it's just nuts. It's just nuts. Um, episode 77, we will be, like I said, after the Super Bowl here, we will be ha- coming out with our mock draft here very shortly. You'll be seeing our mock 1.0. 
it will be terrible because we've learned last year that Josh and I cannot do mock drafts to outside of sauce Gardner. I do want to point out it's the one I got right. Um, I always point that out though. <laughs> um, but anyways, we do want to say thank you so much for listening. If you're on uh, YouTube, go ahead and click that thumbs up button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. That allows us to know that you're listening, watching, tuning in comments on below this week. I want you to comment. What is your favorite Super Bowl food? What is your favorite go-to Super Bowl food? Josh, before I give the last announcement, what is your favorite Super Bowl food? Go, I will give mine. I'm always uh, I'm going for the dips, man, whether it's the seven-layer dip or the buffalo chicken dip or someone makes some other kind of like nacho meat and cheese kind of thing to dip chips in. It's like that's that's the go-to. I could sit there and eat that the whole the whole game, honestly. You know what I go for? I just go for the Tostitos cheese dip. You get in a little jar at Walmart with some Tostitos scoops. Dude, it is it warm that up in the microwave. Literally could eat that nonstop the whole game. It is just See though, Ben, I feel like that's like something you can do any regular season game. You gotta like spice it up for the It's Super a tradition Bowl in a Ben's house, bit. okay? It's tradition in my place, okay? In my heart. Tradition in Ben's house. Do they sell Tostitos cheese dip out in Hungary? No, they don't. Okay. You have to figure bummer. out what you're gonna do with it. It's a bummer. Man, so okay? uh are you what are you gonna be eating? Well, I'm gonna be sleeping, dude. I'm gonna be sleeping, oh, dude. Shoot, yeah, like, it's true. about like two in the morning when this game starts. So I'll be sleeping. That is true. I think a 6.30 Eastern time, so that would be 12.30 hungry time. Yes, and yes. that means – yes, so that means I'll wake up – Getting about, over about 3.30, 4 a.m. Yes. hungry time. I wake, oh, up about, I wake up about 5, so – That's tough when you got class at like probably yes. 7 or 8 a.m. too. Yep. So – and good thing the Browns aren't playing because I would be literally tired the next day. I'd be taking a day mm-hmm. off of work. But that's Will you watch the, any replay of the game or highlights only? Uh, highlights only because by that point I will found out because my phone or some idiot – would have texted me by then and I would have found out. So, you know, just go with that. But all I say is I hope you all have a great Super Bowl time. If you love listening on Spotify, make sure you guys go ahead and favorite it, share it, add it all into your profile. That'd be much appreciated. And we hope that you have a wonderful Super Bowl filled weekend. Hang out with friends, hang out with family, get some good food. All that. Order a pizza. I don't know. Whatever you want to do, but enjoy it with friends and family. That's what sports are all about. And until next time, we'll see ya.